0: Welcome to Kashrus on the Air, your weekly radio show dealing with kosher issues for the kosher consumer. And I'm your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Kashrus Magazine. And I think we're going to have a very interesting show tonight. A little bit different, but uh, something that I think will tie into what all of us think a little bit about. I'm going to start with an article from the New York Times. Mayor to see rabbis on fake kosher food. Charges that a great percentage of the meat and poultry sold in New York City as kosher is not kosher will be discussed by the mayor today with a large delegation of rabbis and representatives of Jewish organizations at a conference in the Board of Estimate Chamber at City Hall. The mayor has invited Commissioner of Accounts James A. Higgins, Market Commissioner Thomas Dwyer, and Health Commissioner Shirley Wine to be present at the 3 p.m. meeting to hear the complaints of the rabbis. The mayor is said to have given assurance to the representatives of the Jewish organizations that steps will be taken to remedy the situation if they could be worked out. The invitations to both Mr. Dwyer and Dr. Wine gave rise to the conjecture that the mayor would offer to transfer the inspection of kosher butchers from the Department of Markets to the health department as one possible solution of the problem. The mayor in the past has expressed the opinion that the change would be desirable. The rabbis charged at a recent convention that a very large percentage of the alleged kosher meat was not kosher and that the Jewish population of the city thus was being swindled by collusion on the part of the meat dealers and the city inspectors. Kosher meat is sold at prices ranging from 5 to 10 cents a pound higher than non-kosher. On this basis, the rabbis have alleged that the swindle amounts to several million dollars a year. Well, if you didn't figure it out, this is from the New York Times, but not from today. And the mayor... Is not mayor, the mayor of uh, New York City today, but Mayor Walker. Uh, we're going back to 1931, May 25, 1931. Complaint by the rabbis that a very high percentage of the meat that's being sold in New York City is not kosher. There were real problems here in the city in those days. We don't have those kinds of problems today. But even one such situation like what happened in Muncie, What happened on Avenue J? What happened in uh, California? What happened in New Jersey in a certain city? Not going to mention another state, and what's happened in many, many places? And many uh, restaurants have been closed over non-kosher. Many, many restaurants from the finest hashgachos have been closed because of use of non-kosher meat or chicken. It's a serious problem. Counterfeit kosher is big, big business. Let me give you an idea of how much how much uh, is involved in some of these mislabelings, misbrandings. Call them what you will today. These are facts. Now, that was also a fact, but it's going back to 1931. Growing over 10,000 percent in the last two decades, counterfeit products exist in virtually every area, including food, beverages clothes, shoes, pharmaceuticals, electronics, auto parts, toys, and currency. So we all know about counterfeit. We think of counterfeit as counterfeit money, but it seems that food and beverage are some of the major areas. If you had a chance to read some of the secular publications, and I've also, I've written a lot about it in Consciousness Magazine, olive oil is probably the number one A product that is being mislabeled, misbranded, unauthorized, uh, counterfeit, you name it. That's olive oil. And uh, the uh, non-Jewish world is complaining, is in an uproar over what's going on with olive oil. Okay, um, let's give you another number. The uh, International Chamber of Commerce estimated that the global value of counterfeit goods reached 650 billion dollars every year 650 billion dollars every year the same study obviously it's a little bit a few years ago the same study projected that in 2015 the upper bound of the global value of counterfeit and pirated goods could be 1.77 trillion dollars now that's not just food that's counterfeit, $1.77 trillion, a number that roughly equals the GDP of Brazil. Counterfeit products make up to, interesting number, 5 to 7% of world trade. That means 5 to 7% of the products that are being sold are counterfeit. Uh, Now, one of the areas that they talk about counterfeit is where we're we're getting closer to what we're going to be talking about today. It's that counterfeit labels, that's the trademark logos, and we would say plumbers, and we would say stickers, and we would say, you know, all the uh, kosher symbols, right? Um, We're not just talking about kosher and about food, but all counterfeit labels in 2013... Um, was uh, it, it says the market value of the counterfeit labels seized rose by 59% to $41.8 million. This is the United States only. We're not talking about the countries now. Uh, the fake labels help deceive buyers and make imitations look more authentic. I spoke with a gentleman today, or actually two gentlemen, one of them I'll be talking a little bit about in a, in a couple of minutes, they both have the same uh, last name because they're cousins. The name is Deser, Desser, D E S S E R. One lives in Borough Park, and one lives in Herzl Israel. And, the, and we, we talk about the one from Earth Israel. But right now, the one from Borough Park, who was working in Hashkochel for a while, now he's a Mahab of Sfarim. So he uh, he uh, he told me what he was in one place, and the goy, the non-Jew over there, was stealing. He saw him stealing a whole thing of labels, you know, or labels come in a roll, either a 1,000 or 2,000 labels on a roll, he was stealing a roll of labels. Obviously, <laughs> he felt it had street value to be able to sell to somebody to use those labels. I came to a, a city, I'm not going to mention the city, and I, and the, it was after hours, it was evening time. And uh, we went into the bakery area of a supermarket, and the, the bakery area is, you know, has baked goods in the front. But it seems that the the door to the bakery area, where where they actually do the baking, was completely open. And I looked inside, and I saw that they had the labels loose sitting around there. Uh, and it didn't seem to me like the right thing <laughs> that anybody could come by and just grab some labels. So I decided, I'll take a few labels. And I took them. Next morning, I met with the rabbi, and I talked to him about his hashkocha. I said, you know, I was in your place last night. Oh, it was closed. He said, oh, yeah, 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 okay. And I said, uh, but uh, you know, the door was open. Okay, fine. You know. And I said, but the, the labels were there. He says, the labels? Okay, I understand. You got a few labels, but It was some labels over there. I said, no, 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 you don't understand. It was the parava labels. The parava labels because it was of and dairy. If the parva labels are loose and anybody could pick them up, then there's no control. It, and the non-Jews should not be allowed to have labels loose lying around. Labels should be controlled like something of serious value. And yet the labels were just loose to pick up. And this is going on time and again. If you look in my magazine, especially in the Israeli section, but it can happen in the American section as well, you'll see constantly that they're grabbing people for stealing labels and having all kinds of labels from different hoshkochos and putting them on arbitrarily on different foods. It's la over there. It's a very, very difficult situation. Listen to another story. It's not directly tied to labels, but it's an interesting story, unfortunately. Last winter, actually, this was from 2016, so we'll take two years ago. A news story was published about a Jewish man who ordered food from a local kosher restaurant on a company on the internet. I maybe I'll give the name anyway. Grubhub, okay, and that Grubhub is where he ordered it from from a kosher restaurant, only to discover that the food he received and ate was in fact from a counterfeit restaurant. <laughs> I'll explain to you what that is in a minute. That was being run out of a non-Jewish scammer's home kitchen. It's, in other words, when you see on a... Uh, you shouldn't, maybe you don't want to look at it on the websites, but if, you, if, you're, if a person did look on he tried to order from a restaurant, and it says the name of a kosher restaurant. And, and yet, that name could be used by somebody else who signed up with the program on the restaurant thing, and he's providing the meals, but he's doing it out of his house. He is not that restaurant. It's counterfeit. sounds interesting, huh? But this is what happened. Um, So uh, to highlight the issue, uh, this gentleman who started a a so-called kosher uh, restaurant program on the Internet said he was searching for restaurants in the from section of Brooklyn using the word kosher. And it came up, one, at least one restaurant that was 100% treif. And they, uh, they sold their pork sandwiches and cheeseburgers. So when people think they found something on the web, they're looking, they're shopping for kosher on the web. They see the name of a kosher restaurant on the web All that means is they saw what they saw, but it could be totally counterfeit. These are some exciting little statistics. Recently, we mentioned on this show that in Canada, there was a a major scandal where a certain company provided non-kosher cheese to two from camps in Canada. Two from camps in Canada bought the cheese from this particular person and the cheese was not kosher cheese. Uh, there's, be, there's a lawsuit now going on about it and of course I'm not doing, taking any, that's why I certainly wouldn't mention any name involved with it and uh, certainly don't have any information other than the fact that the conscious agency who was involved uh, d- believes that this is the truth. So I'm not going to get lost in the in, in the situation. But we're talking about fake, kosher we're talking about counterfeit kosher and that's the background for the topic of tonight what we're going to be talking about for the next few minutes and you can certainly call in i'll give you the the, the uh, and you could also text in you could call at 718-683-5858 and when you get call we'll 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 take we'll take your calls as soon as we get them uh 718-683-5858 and the text line is 347-927-8398. The uh, text line, again, 347-927-8398. It's the studio phone, 718-683-5858. And if you're having trouble uh, getting us tonight, you can you can listen to us live at uh, 718-506-909, or you can get us on the jrootradio.com uh, on the Internet. Uh, people have the app that they downloaded. They can listen to us on their s- cell phone. Okay. Now, uh, well, our topic for tonight is this mislabeling and what can be done about it. So I met, had a meeting today with this gentleman. His name is, uh, his name is Shmuel Dessa. He lives in Israel, but he had been for a long time in, in, in England, and he worked together with an organization called Kadassia. Kadasi is one of the leading kosher organizations in Europe, a very strict, very strong kosher organization. Uh, it's run by Rabbi Sharf, who had, uh, you know, I've spoken to, and I wanted to get him on the air, it didn't get, it didn't work out. But we we've uh, we've communicated quite often, and uh, he's a person who has a very strong hand on what's going on in kosher in Europe, Uh, and certainly in England, and uh, and he's he's in the the, the forefront of of what's happening. And he decided to set up this program together with this Mr. Desser, and the program is, uh, is they call it uh, Kosher Passport. But it doesn't matter what you call it, I'm going to explain it to you. The, The concept is that you have a little sticker on your product. You could have it on a retail product. It could be on a box that's in a commercial setting. It could be on a pallet in a commercial setting. And this is to be able to communicate whether or not the product is really legitimately kosher. And the way that they do it is as follows. There are two numbers on it, a top number and a bottom number. The top number has more digits than the bottom number. There's a random the top number goes in a sequence, so that the labels, let's say for example, would have uh o one two five oh one two six oh one two seven et cetera et etc until you get to whatever it ends at and that would go and in, in the labels in general, we said like about a thousand or so or two thousand on a label sheet these are small labels, so probably two thousand a label in a in a in a, a roll of labels, but these labels. Underneath that number that goes in sequence is a number that's random. And that random number cannot fit with the another a different number on the top. So the combination is impossible to fake. Nobody would able to figure it out. It would never work. And you wouldn't do it for it. You could and, and you couldn't go ahead. This is the beauty of it, you couldn't go ahead and use the same number. Uh, twice. That means you couldn't discover a number that's not being used, but somehow was in the system, and you make thousands of those and use them. It wouldn't work. You could get away with the first one if it hasn't been used, that number. But afterwards, the system keeps a record that it's been used, and it can never be used again. If the product was bought, you can't get that number you're not going to be able to get a, a yes anymore. They're going to tell you this is not acceptable because it's been sold already and you're being misrepresented. So the, the, the system will communicate with you and I'll explain to you how it works. And this way, you'll always know. Now, the purpose of this whole label thing is the following. In the commercial setting, we're starting out, let's say, in a, in a, in a plant, they're slaughtering the meat. And after they slaughter the meat, they have different parts of the animal cut up into different parts, and it's sent all around the factory. And all around the factory, they're working on those parts. They're working on the tongue. They're working on you know uh, they took they took off the uh, they they flayed the uh, the skin off the hide. They they're taking different parts of the animal and putting it in different sections and handling how they handle it in. The factory in the in the plant, but what happens after they do the shritah? They take the animal's lung and it's examined by a specialist on examining the lung. The Mashkiya who does that, he has a boideik penim. Bodek, I'm sorry, boideik chutz. He takes the uh, he takes these, this this lung and he blows it up. Usually they use some kind of, uh, you know, something which will put air into it. Sometimes in the old style, and I saw it in Eretz Israel, by dots, they blow it up. A person blows it up. But they blow up the lung, and then it looks the way the lung looks inside the animal. And at that point, they massage it. They touch it all around to see if there's any adhesions. And if there's anything, they have to see if they could take it off easily or not to train for that. And at a certain point, if they have a question, then they're supposed to blow it up bigger and see if it bubbles, uh, uh, put water on, see if there's any bubbling, sort of like what people do with the tires. And you go to the tire shop, see if there's a hole. So this is what's done in defining the lung. And let's say they find the lung is not kosher. They claim the lung not kosher. What about all the other parts of the animal? So it's now all over the plant. What they do then is they have some system to identify it. So now with this labeling system, which is being used by kadasia by the way, in these, in these commercial settings, is that the, the sticker on there is very, it, it, it has this barcode and it, it, it's, it's a, there's a reader and you can scan it and you can go right away and find out everything about that Piece of meat. So now, when when this animal is slaughtered, it gets the same. All the parts get the number attached to the uh, to the the shritah. So the shritah, let's say, is number seventeen for the day. So that animal, we found a problem. So now all of the parts of the animal are going to be considered to be treif. So the mashkiach, when he's produ- when he's working on the uh, Uh, on the parts of the animal and is going to send it out to, to some store, some butcher store, he has to scan in that little barcode, that little code there, and see what it says. And if it says, not kosher, then this has to be whisked away and sold as not kosher. And even if it gets past there, it will be examined when it goes into the store. So there's no more any way that something could accidentally sneak out of the plant and end up in a kosher setting. It couldn't be accidentally boxed because there's a way of identifying it be, and, is, and it's been coded already. The system already coded it as not kosher. And with that the mashkiach, even elsewhere, would pick that up. So there's no faking, no accidents in this system. It's a, a very, 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 very good system. That's one application. Give me another. Give another application. Another application is where we have a box that's traveling. We put it on the outside. Now you say, what's the big deal? I bought from, let's say, Meal or uh, Ali or Rabaskin or whatever today. You know, whichever company it is, I bought from some company, and uh, now I want, and it's coming delivered. Well, if it comes from that company to me, and their drivers it's not going to be such a big problem. But what happens is, in the real world, there are middlemen. Because not everybody can keep an account with one of the main slaughterhouses in, in the world. The big companies want to deal with big orders and big customers. They don't want to deal with every little ma and pa store. And therefore, a lot of times, they will be buying from middlemen give you another example is like this sometimes if you want to get if you want to get the um, you, 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 you want to have your meat. so sometimes uh, these uh, these uh, companies don't always supply so you have multiple suppliers but again they're multiple accounts some stores are not big enough to handle multiple accounts. it's a, it's, sometimes, it's sometimes a problem. So what, what's done is you go through a middleman they're big middlemen and the middlemen carry trafe, and kosher. And uh, you, you can definitely get the trife. The middlemen seem to have a lot of tongues from the kosher animals, from the glad kosher animals. The, the, the middlemen were the problem for years and years and years, for the last 30 years that I remember, the middlemen have been the biggest problem in the kosher industry. The middlemen in meat have been the biggest problem in the industry. What happened in Muncie was a middleman Because that man bought from wherever he bought it, and then he would sell it to other butchers and to uh, caterers, so he was in in effect a middleman, and the authenticity of what you're getting is not able to be easily guaranteed when you're having delivery from a middleman. When you're getting from direct from a if you go from a pizza store from pizza store and they send over the pizza. So, yeah, I, there are always questions, you know. The, the delivery man wasn't Jewish. Uh, I, do, I ordered it uh, two hours ago, and it could arrive now hot. I don't know what's going on here. Um, it's, uh, you know, I, I it, there, was nothing, there was no uh, tape on the, lay, on the box. I don't know who, it, I can't be sure it came from the store. Okay, these are questions. They're halachic issues. You, the, you need Choismus and Simonim, etc. Yes, there are questions we're talking about with the pizza delivery. Yeah, I, I can understand that issue. You might refuse it. Okay, but maybe it's if it comes with a, with, a, with the bill and if it's recognizable and whatever it is. Sometimes even the box is recognizable. Maybe not. Whatever. That's a different topic. But, but here, we're getting meat and it's going through a middleman and this traf and kosher that the middleman has in his establishment and different levels of kosher, well, what kind of guarantee do you have that you're getting the kosher? So this kind of seal, this kind of sign is is definitely a way of identifying the meat to make sure that it's your meat. And similar things happen by the way, with other with other things that we eat, cheese. Sometimes uh, you, have, uh, you, know, you, you have wine is has issues with it. Fish have issues with it. You know, there are definitely a products that we're getting that we're not so easily able to identify as kosher products and unless they've come through a system that's closed. In other words, if you're buying from Kedem, uh, you're buying a Kedem product, Kedem delivers to the store. Everywhere, Kedem is its own distribution. It's not through somebody else. Kedem is doing the distribution. Of course, you can buy, buy Ketem uh, wine from a, a liquor store, but distribution to the liquor stores is Kedem does itself. So you don't, have, you're not getting it through a middleman. And uh, when you when you're coming to when you're coming to um, uh, somebody, you, you're buying another wine. It comes from Eretz Israel, and it has chuk uh, sam sam soifer or badatz or whatever it is and you're buying it in a non-kosher store, in a non-Jewish liquor store. Well, who delivered that? I, I don't know if uh, Kadam handles that that, that wine. It may may not handle it. So who's delivering it? Is it really their wine? Is it so hard to put a label on a bottle? All the stuff looks the same. Oh, got to have a taste, Okay. You know, how much difference is there in some of these things in the taste between them? Sometimes it's significant, sometimes not so significant. With olive oil, I was told by one of the kosher organizations not to take an advertisement from an olive oil company because they weren't convinced that the olive oil company that had their hashkocha was not sticking labels on olive oil that was not under the Hashkacha. So this is the real world, and this kind of identification is a very secure system. And, and I was asked today by this uh, Mr. Desser if I would publicize the information that we have about his project, which he calls Kosher Passport. I know we're not going to, you know, suggest the uh, internet, but that's there. It's listed there, Kosher dot org, and. What he's doing he does voluntary. I don't know if he's going to do it voluntary for everybody in the world, but that's what he's not been charging Kadassi a nickel. he's a software developer and he developed his software and it's cheap. There are more expensive systems i when i'm looking around today into the topic, I came across you know the the more high end system, the one that's being used sometimes by the heavy-duty uh, uh, food industry, the, ha- the high-end industry. So there's a thing called RFID that stands for Radio Frequency Identification. It's a fancy way of saying that this thing actually has radio. Uh, this little hologram or a little label or whatever it's called actually has electro- electromagnetic and radio uh, capabilities it's a, I don't even understand it uh, on a simple level. It's this is it's not just numbers. It's a very sophisticated system. But that little item costs five to ten cents per one of these things. And on a very expensive, uh, dangerous, a thing where you have great concern, like a car or whatever it is, that can cost a hundred dollars. So this is not for your can of tuna fish. Currently, even Kadashia is doing this only commercially. They don't have it on the retail level. And it's very simple to understand the challenges involved in the retail level. You've gotta be able to affix these symbols, these little stickers, and it doesn't always lend itself to it in, in some of the productions. you know, To put a sticker on a box, and there's only so many boxes going out today, it could be done by hand, it could be done with a machine, there's a lot. By times, boxes are lifted, or they little forklift. You put a few, th- you know, you can stick a couple of stickers on. It isn't so hard to do, but when you're talking about individual cans, individual bottles, your consumer size, that's a little bit of a challenge. Now there are companies that are doing it with Cadassia, and they're putting that sticker on every single thing, and uh, it 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 it's, it, it doesn't. It, they have a machine that's able to do it. But uh, somebody in the United States looked into it, and he, wasn't, he felt that he couldn't get the company to do the tuna fish that he wanted, and uh, so he, he backed off from the system, at least for that production. What I'm trying to do today is to let you know about the information. We have had so many unfortunate stories over the years. Most of them you know, never heard of. You didn't hear about so-called from people who ran restaurants and and were forced to close because they served treif? You didn't hear about those stories. I did. You didn't hear about uh, the Chinaman, uh, you know, sneaking in non-kosher duck and, and losing one of the best hashgachos in the in the country. You didn't hear that story because <laughs> in the advertisement in the paper just said no longer kosher certified. And in some of these cases, the store closes, the restaurant closes, the game's over. And if the game is over, you don't have to be told why it's over, and you don't have to start thinking, how come the conscious agency couldn't catch him last week when he was serving it to everybody? You know, they're low-key about this. They don't want you to know all that stuff. But that is what's out there in the industry. And that's why this kind of security, at a ridiculously low figure of a penny probably, is, is definitely something that, that should be being used. Currently, nobody in the United States is using this program. And my job, I'm going to try to do an article, and I'm going to try to promote it to the conscious agencies here in the States. I'm also a volunteer, not going to pay for it. I'm trying to promote this because I think it has the potential of being a solution. And, and you know how it works in, in, in a lot of times? It may not be the final solution but it may be a good temporary solution and may increase the control that we have. It may cut out the cheating on the, in, in, in the commercial level in meat, fish, chick, uh, 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 cheese, things of that nature. And These are very, very, very important things. Let me share, share with you one more thing that, that I'm personally very concerned about, and that's, of course, insects. Sounds a little funny to this whole thing, right? What we're doing about insects over here. I'll tell you. I spoke with a, a person who owns a, a, a company that does produce that they try to make bug-free. And unfortunately, he, uh, the products from his, with, with their name on it were found to have insects, a significant number. This goes back a few years. A significant number of insects. It was a real issue. And I talked to him about it. I said, you know, this is real. They're not lying to you. They're telling you the truth. It was all hushed up. And you never heard about it. So I said, these are real problems. So he said to me, maybe I didn't get my vegetables. It's a big company. He's only a small cog in the wheel. He does his kosher runs, his kosher stuff but there's a big company out there. Maybe I didn't get my vegetables. Wow. Do we need identification? Maybe I didn't get my vegetables. All the effort he put into it, all the mashkichim, everything he wanted, everything he worked for, and it comes out with the insects. Maybe I didn't get my vegetables. That is real scary. And I think if, that, if, if we could prevent those kind of situations, it's our responsibility. So what's the purpose of the show today? To explain it to you? Okay, anybody here who has any connection with the major kashvist organizations, OUOK, Kofke, Starke, CRC in Chicago, you name it, anybody who has a connection, even maybe the local hashgachas say, hey, did you look at this thing? Did you look at kosher passport? Rabbi Wickle knows about it. Contact him push them a little bit let's see if we can get some of the cashwas agencies to uh, to uh, come to uh, you know to step up to the plate and put interest into this this project and maybe just maybe it will solve the problems that we have okay we don't have those scary stories that i read about from 1931 you're right uh, cashwas has changed from 1931 We don't have the level of scandals that we had in those days. But we still have a lot of problems and they're correctable. They're preventable. They didn't have to be this way. And the reason they are is because we're quiet. You know, I put out a magazine. I've done it for 37 years. Mislabeled products from every Kaspersian agency you could imagine. In this country, other countries. It's amazing to me that the conscious agencies don't call me up and say, Rabbi Wickler, stop printing this stuff. You're making our life crazy. People are calling up and they're complaining. How could this be? How could you sell something like that? Mistake here, mistake there. Where are you? We people sleeping. But nobody calls. Nobody complains. They just keep buying and they say, mm, mm, mm. what happened? You hear what happened? There was a mislabel." Mm, mm, mm. That's what they say. Nobody but nobody picks up the phone and complains. Why are you people continually making mistakes? What is your control factor? This is a, you know you'd be running out of business in another business. There's just too much going on here. How come he still? How come still in business? He should he should be closed up because he's putting he's putting out things that uh, you know. How can he keep finding these things? I had a, 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 a doctor come up to me the other day and he said to me, he was amazed at what we'd find. He says, he can't believe how I'm able to discover all these things. The truth is, I don't discover most of it. Most of it, the cautious agencies press release it to us, and certain amount, other agencies or other people press release it to us, you know, send the information to us. In some cases, We are involved, we're the principals, we're the ones who discover it, or we're the ones who get the job done. A lot of times it's a consumer with a question, and I say, one second, let me look into this thing. And when I look into it, I see the mistake, and then I correct it with the conscious agency. That's that's what we do. We're in the middle of the mix, but the truth is that uh, the conscious agencies are cooperative. And the funny thing is that the people don't care. They just keep keep going on like nothing ever happened. So now's the time to get involved. If you have any connection with any conscious agency, pick up the phone and just say, did you ever look into this thing called Kosher Passport? If you want more information, get Rabbi by Wickler. will give you the contact in Shmuel Desser in Israel and he'll give you his phone number, American phone number, and you can, or email address and you'll be able to find all the details and you can look into it. Nobody calling in? We have a call? Okay, let's go. Yeah. Hello, you're unconscious on Hello. the air.
1: Can, can, is, are you talking to me?
0: Yes, I am.
1: Okay, great. I have a question for him. So I went to a certain doctor's office, and he had a plate. he puts all sorts of chocolates on.
0: I can't hear you too well. Again, uh, You I must be I talking...
1: I'm not you as a speaker, okay? Go ahead. Great. Okay, good. Can you hear me...
0: Go ahead, please. All
1: right. And he had a plate of all of all quote kosher chocolate because he has to be a prune and you know, this are the people to pick up. So my wife picks up one of these packages and it says go diver. That's the half the package. I look around on that package all over the place, a small piece of chocolate with whatever wrapper, and there's nowhere on this package for a I go over to the and they show me the box that it comes in, the big box with me.
0: Yeah, I'm with are you. Me so far. So far, yes.
1: And the big box has a hessian, but the individual pieces that are wrapped up in in, in um, I don't know I don't know what it's called, maybe a aluminum foil, you know right printing on it have absolutely nothing on it.: Right. So I called up the diver and I asked them, "Do you have any that's not?" They said yes. Well, I said, so how come you don't put the, the kosher label on these individual pieces? So now now I have a piece of Godiva chocolate, and it could be kosher, it could be not. The secretary just showed me the box of kosher, you know, outside. Right. So why don't you put it on each and every single package, in, individual package? Are you with what I'm saying?
0: Absolutely.
1: So let me, let me, let me, let me just say what can happen. A guy walks into a store, he doesn't know whether it's kosher or not, and they know this, right? He, because he knows Godiva's kosher, he picks it up. But they also sell non-kosher. Right. And he doesn't know what he's buying. Right. The other thing is, it's OUD. Okay.
0: Nowhere will
1: you notice on the label, it says dark chocolate. Now, dark chocolate is usually not dairy. Well, you,
0: say, well, you didn't read the magazine. We, we had a piece on when, that.
1: When I, when I called them up, when, uh, when I called them up, they said yes, and they didn't take it into consideration, but this this, this can be misleading for a lot of us, a lot of people.
0: Okay, let, let what size was it? Is it a little piece, one little like little one little slice of chocolate, or was it a big thing? Of,
1: right, it's one of those slices. Of it's, it's wrapped in a aluminum
0: foil.
1: Right. puts the diver on it.
0: Right. Well, this I, is. You know, I hear. Not,
1: you, I, you I hear never you. never know that it's culture or not kosher. You never know that it's dairy.
0: I I think that this is an important point. I'm glad you brought it up, Believe it or not, I'll try to do something on my side with this. Not, but on I don't know about Godiva. I don't uh, necessarily going to be able to get a hold of them.
1: But the topic
0: itself is very very important.
1: Godiva so is an oud on the label. Right. The, okay, you got what I just said. Yeah, I got you.
0: I well, I I think it's important thing. The individual pieces. Um, they should say, you know. That they're kosher. They should say the O.U.D. on there. Right. I, I, there are many companies that they put it on the little uh, the paper, with right. a, where they have a little uh, you know, like I said tin foil, and around that's a paper. And they'll put it on the paper. And they, uh, but, but there are companies, I suppose, that don't do that. Now that's a very bit misleading thing you're saying because they're making two of them one kosher and one not kosher, and they look the same on the small level. And Now, I can't buy individual little pieces. I have to buy a bag. So I won't be misled when I go shopping. But the problem that happens, and this is something that you didn't mention, but this is something that happens all the time, people get in their brain that something is kosher. And they're shocked when they find out that the same exact product, could be trafe, and they sometimes pick up that treyfe product. So if, let's say, for example, you go to uh, one of these people who is eating this stuff every day, which unfortunately many people do nosh a lot, and he goes ahead to a trade show, and they have a fishbowl, and inside are, are, are these little uh, little chocolates or whatever it is, and he sees Godiva. Oh, and he goes ahead and takes one. That's, that's what can happen because he doesn't realize and now it could get worse than that because sometimes you might see a from person at a, at a show and you might think he's responsible for this, the candy there. But it really may be not, it's not his booth. He's just working for somebody and the person in charge doesn't, doesn't know. And this goes on all the time because people are not looking as you were, which is very good. You were looking for the on anything you pick up. It's definitely the way to go. The trouble with this is Godiva has to want to do it because the OU cannot make them do it. That's the problem. And if the, the OU, OU... can make them do it. I'll what? tell
1: you how. I'll tell you how the OU can make them do it. Okay. They say we will not give you an unless you put on every single label an in individual one. Otherwise we're not going to do Simple.
0: It's, it's simple for you but it's kind of hard for a cautious agency to put that kind of pressure on a company. It, this, that, you don't, you're probably not in business because if you were in business, you would understand it's kind of hard to do, even though it's the right thing, but it's kind of hard to do. So we, we, you know, I'm not going to uh, take a stand on this one, but I, I think it's very good. And believe that I will mention it to the OU. Um, and I'll check a little bit more about the Godiva because I, I think your point is very, very well taken. Thank you for that the might,
1: call. It's not, sir, it's my wife's point. It's, 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 that, for the lab, it's, it's my wife's point, not Michael.
0: She yeah. doesn't want to call me the call. Very good. Thank you very much for the call. Thank you so much. Bye. Take care. Much welcome. Thank you. Is anybody else there? No one, no one else? One, yes or no? No one? Okay. Okay, we'll go back to what we're talking about, which was this... Uh, that's a very important point he, he made because unfortunately, as I said, many people, when they look at products, they they get, um, what can we say, they get, they're so addicted to the th- foods they eat, and they can't believe that, that, that they're not kosher. We had a situation we mentioned here on the radio, which was very interesting to me, where a certain person wanted me to know that um, one of the uh, cookie companies... Um, was was making a line that's not kosher. And I said, what are you talking about? The Entenmann's. He said, they're making a line that's not kosher. I said, they always make non-kosher. He said, no, because he never, because in his stores where he goes shopping, all the Entenmann's was kosher. And he was convinced that the the Entenmann's is kosher, a kosher brand. And he was shocked when he found that it was non-kosher also but that's nothing. In today's world, what happens is there's multiple suppliers, and therefore some of them are kosher, and some of them are not. So you can have the same exact product with the same exact name, and one could be kosher, and one is treif, and they can be sold right next to each other. We had the situation, which I think you may be aware of if you you know, staying up to date with Kashris with the i magazine or some other way. Uh, the Bimbo Company, who which you don't even know anything about, but they're the makers of Arnold's bread and uh, a whole group of breads. I mean they, I'm trying to remember the names uh Fryhofer. They make many, many, many breads and you don't know Bimbo, but it's Bimbo's a big company. But they you know the names of the breads. And these breads um, you know, are made in different plants in different parts of the country in different plants some of them are kosher certified and some of them have OU some of them have Kafke, different Hashgachas in different plants and some of them have no Hashgach at all and when you see an Arnold's bread or a ha- Fryhoff's bread you think OU or you think Kafke or whatever you think but it's not true there is no such thing as an Arnold's bread, or Fryhoff's bread, that is 100 percent, one hashgacha, all kosher, etc. Maybe, maybe Arnold's is, but Fryhoff's, I know for a fact, is not, because I did research in that. And Fryhoff's could compare with, an, with a with a, a kofke, with an OU, or with nothing. When it appears with nothing, it's a non-kosher bakery. Completely non-coalition bakery in a different part of the country, they can both end up in one store. We have this all the time, so people really have to look, and that's why I appreciate the call very much. Okay, we have a little time left, and uh, no one's coming in. Is anybody? Did anybody uh, text us? What? You got it? Is it opening up? Sorry, but I, it's it's a little difficult to use this thing. It's it's not open now. Can you open it? Okay. So let me tell you a little bit more about this company, which we call Kosher Passport. And the reason they're using the name Kosher, Kosher Passport is because it's a way of knowing that identification. A passport identifies who you are and... Uh, uh, so we have one thing, okay. Um, the, uh, and the passport identifies who you are, and with this system, you can be identifying which uh, exactly the product is. And they go very, very deep. It's uh, It gives you uh, the end user time, and what's, what, you know, best used by. It tells you the product weight, and the size, and the name, and when it was produced, okay. and the hashkocha. It, the whole thing is there with this little... Uh, with this little uh, in a scanner, okay. There's some people who texted in. I'll get. I'll let's let's see if we can do something about it. Um, people asked, "What happened to fresh spinach? It disappeared off the shelves lately. <laughs> what do you think that means? Take two guesses. Do does the company want to make money? Did spinach spinach disappear from the world? the answer is simple you you know it yourself it's not easy to get spinach clean and the companies thank god they they're they're trying to do their best and when they feel that the, the uh, with the spinach is too infested they don't even try to process it and they give up that's what's happening and we we mentioned here on the sh- show and in my magazine that the situation with from um, California with the veg- with the leafy vegetables uh, it was at, a couple of weeks ago was the worst ever, and they uh, you know maybe it's maybe it's improved seriously. I don't I don't know, but I've heard that it improved. But for a time, many of the conscious agencies gave up on putting out product. They said we can't put out our product. So what happened is you'd get a company putting out they're greens without the hoshkocha on it. And you're supposed to know that without the hoshkocha, you can't buy it. That's the answer to that one. You know what, you got a caller? Okay, go ahead. You're unconscious on the air. Can we help you? Go ahead, please. Nobody there? No? Hello? Yes, you're on the air. Go ahead, please. Yes,
2: a couple of years back, there was a company, a national brand... Company that used to put um, a sticker in the in the by the chicken and by the ground chicken and the ground turkey like a hologram, and they stopped.
0: Holograms worthless today. Anybody can fake it out. It's uh, it, it, it's 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 uh, we pass holograms. It's over with.
2: Yeah, but this is this is something. They, there's no more plumbers on chickens. Used to be years ago, every chicken had a plumber.
0: Well, that is a big, big problem. I, I don't know how hmm. they're getting around it. I'll tell you what, what, what they're doing. They're putting other signs on. So the classic one that they use today is uh, a plastic bag, with, uh, which has uh, a metal, uh, a, 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 a a metal enclosure. And right. there's a there's a label on the outside. Today, people are getting what can I say, a little uh, free handed in terms of determining what's considered a good sign. Uh, that uh, in other words, we need we call shnechayismus, and it's it, everybody in the industry discusses this. Nobody agrees on exactly what level you need to create this shnechayismus. These two uh, guards, these two cl- enclosures. Hi. So it, there are different methods that are used. But, but why did the
2: plumbers disappear? Can you explain? I'll me tell that? you
0: why. I'll tell you why. When do you think they put the plumber on?
2: After the shritah, no.
0: Right after the shritah, but what about? Uh, did they put it on after the salting and the washing? No, no. They put it on before, because you could not get it on to stick. You couldn't, you couldn't get anything to grasp on the, on the wing tip if, if it was after the, after the washing. It was too moist and mushy, and you could never get it to stick. So All they right. put it on. It says soaked and salted, it says on the tag, Correct. but it was never soaked and salted. It's only soaked and salted afterwards. Okay. So, okay. so so there's two things there. there's one little tiny shyla, which I think is uh you know is not our biggest problem in the world, is that the spot that's covered over by the plumber was not properly salted okay, it's a small question, but that's
2: then but, but you can put afterwards you can put like a hole through the chicken you could sew something through it's you don't to want
0: you it. don't want it, it, it it's you're not torturing the chicken. But the consumer doesn't want stuff like that. We have to make it, you know, consumer compatible. We want to make it that the consumer will be happy. It was good to the the d- and Zaders. What?
2: <laughs> this, is the this is
0: the world today. This is the world, and and number and number two, plumbers came off, and and what I saw myself in the, some of the meetings that we had with the cashless agencies is that. Uh, they can they showed us how you can pull off a plumber and you reuse it. It's supposed to break, but they right. showed us the tricks that, that, that could be done that they don't break. So as much as we've tried over the years, the plumber wasn't perfect. And so let they, me
2: hear You mentioned something several some years ago about the boxes the chicken comes into. There anything-
0: the boxes they came in? So yeah. till they they also put signs on the outside of the boxes. They they, they come in boxes and there's a wire uh, thing that holds it down. And yes, they today. You can put a a, a, st- a strip of not just tape uh, of a with a, 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 um, a yeah. w- w- some kind of a, a wrapping thing. You could put around it uh, these uh, and it holds it tight. And it has it has the name of the consular agency on it. You could put things like that on. And the boxes are very uh, boxes are easy. I told you when you have a big when you have a box, it's easier to uh, to designate to uh, to identify with a box with something on the box than it is on the individual pieces. It's very very time consuming. Comes
2: out of the box. You don't know what's going on.
0: Right, but that's ha- that's happening in the store under hashkocha. You you those boxes are not just floating around the street. You w- when you're getting into your ha- when it's coming into your store. You don't really care. I mean, we're talking about a from butcher the old style thing. I'm not talking about today's world, where there's no from butchers left anymore. It's there's supermarkets, time, a lot of these places.
2: what? It's prepackaged stuff in a lot of these stores.
0: Okay, but not, but not the, uh, but not the chickens are still coming in big. Uh, they have, they have. I beg coming. to
2: differ with you. I'll take it to some from stores, and I got prepackaged stuff coming in.
0: There are prepackaged, and there are what we're talking about where the, it's not coming in that way, and it's repackaged in the store. If you, I think if you'll see in many stores in Brooklyn, it says, repackaging done by so-and-so, the andahashkoch of so-and-so. Right. Repackaging is going on in meat and chicken here, uh, right here in Flatbush, in Borough Park. And right. Almost all the supermarkets repackage. There are, you're right, there are some companies that sell things in prepackaged, and maybe the store weighs it, doesn't, but they, they're prepackaged already, and they're coming in that way, and they're sold that way, and they make it available even in non-kosher settings as well. Right. But there's plenty of repackaging that's being done. It's much cheaper for the store to repackage than it is for them to buy prepackaged products. It somehow is much more expensive. Right. Well, okay.
2: okay? Thank you.
0: Thank you very much for calling, and thank you for listening. I thank all of you listening to the show, and we meet Sashem. We'll join you again next week. Until then, this is your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Kashrus Magazine. If you want to reach us during the week, 718 336 8544 or kashrus at aol.com. K A S H R U S at aol.com. Thank you for listening.